Hello and welcome to Tader's Life. I hope today finds you in good health. Today is the 17th of February and that means today is Care Day 2023. Now Care Day is a day to celebrate care experienced young people and children. So today is a really, really big day to raise awareness for young people in foster care and by sharing my story I hope to raise some awareness about the issues that children in foster care and care leavers go through so I'm going to start off with a trigger warning so this episode is going to contain topics of abuse reference to suicide eating disorders and neglect so if any of these topics are triggering for you this episode is not for you and I advise you to go try another one of my episodes but I'm going to get straight into it. So I'm going to take you back right to the beginning. So I went into foster care when I was four years old. So I was living with my mum before then and the papers from social services basically summarised it by saying it's not a place for young children which is a bit difficult to understand when you're a child but I'm in contact with my mum now and we chat and I'm in contact with my other most of my family members actually and we get on well considering our really really difficult past so I went up into foster care and it was really really difficult for me to understand why but um I'm getting there and I'm coming to terms with it. So I went into foster care when I was four and I was in what would you call respite care. So I was in respite care for two years. So this is where you're going in between different homes when they're looking for a more long-term home for you. So I went into respite care for two years, pinging back and forth. I stayed in the same primary school, which was amazing. And I actually stayed in the same primary school my entire entire primary school years which was incredible so I didn't have to move for that so I went into respite and from what I remember it was all right I don't really remember the last time like I saw my mum or my other siblings or anything like that like I don't remember being taken away I guess because I was so young but I do remember there being authoritative figures in the house regularly when I was living with my mum so went into foster care when I was four then respite and then this is where it like really goes downhill really really quickly so I got put into kinship care which is when you're with a blood relative so I got put to live with one of my aunties and It was the worst decision that has ever, ever happened to me. And I think social services do regret this decision massively. So I got abused really, really badly for those six years. And, you know, when you're living with a family member, you don't expect things like this to happen. I remember being really, really excited. I'm going to live with my auntie. This is going to be amazing. I'm back with my family. And I feel really really silly but at the time I was six years old and it was kind of it was a really exciting time for me um and that quickly got put down the drain because I was abused really really badly but I remember going into school and thinking that everybody went through this so I didn't really feel a need to tell anybody but I do remember just being scared like all the time like looking back at my childhood now so I was with my auntie for six years and I look back at that time and I don't remember 
ever being happy. I don't remember ever being a child. I remember constantly being scared and having to, like, look around my shoulder before I did anything or spoke to anybody just in case I was being watched. It was it was a really, really traumatic time and it's still plays on my mind even now when I'm 21 now. Yeah, it was really, really triggering. And I think now we're looking back, like karma will do um, its bits. I um, really do think it will do. And in, in my head, I'm thinking what compelled an adult to abuse a child I think that's disgusting and you know these children well children generally can't fight back and I remember when I was it was the summer before I left it was like a couple of months um, before I moved I remember I was getting really really angry and the people that know me now know that I'm not an angry person but I remember just being so angry I was getting frustrated because I knew that this wasn't okay because I was in um, year seven now and I was kind of seeing like other people and how they were and I realised that being abused and stuff is totally not normal. So I remember getting really, really angry and I was starting to fight back and I'd, I remember just wanting to end it all and I'd been having these thoughts for a really really long time the earliest I remember having suicidal thoughts I was eight years old and when I've told people that when I'm older they're like but you were eight and I'm like but you don't understand how traumatic my childhood was I wanted out I I was scared of fucking everything like it was the worst feeling ever and then being physically abused as well and not being fed properly and everything like that it it really really has its toll and I didn't do anything but those thoughts were enough and when I got a bit older I clocked that shit this is awful like no eight-year-old should be saying that they want to kill themselves so that was traumatic but I'm gonna fast forward now to when I left so I went to respite again for a couple of weeks in summer and three weeks turned into about three and a half years so the abuse came out organically it wasn't prompted or anything like that so I went to respite for a couple of weeks because my auntie wanted to go away on holiday to recharge her batteries so I went to Restbite and yeah it all came out really really naturally really really organically I remember just asking before bed can I have my calc ball and that raised a massive alarm they were like what and I'd said like what I take like every day before I go to sleep type thing and then it just all came out and it was such a relief to get it off my chest that's the only way I can describe it I just needed it out so I'd said and then the police got involved but there wasn't much the police could do because I didn't have evidence this was really really triggering and I know for a fact a child wouldn't make and especially to the detail I went into as well they wanted to know everything and I gave them everything because I knew that if I didn't give them everything then they wouldn't 
be enough evidence so they put me through quite a lot of stress trying to get everything out but for me it felt good to tell somebody about all of this so nothing come of it unfortunately but I was away from it all for the first time ever I was away from it I was in a new school I was making new friends I had a new life I joined the scouts like life was going really really well and I was really quite happy I remember I gained a fair bit of weight because I wasn't being fed properly before so now that I was able to have food I was eating quite a lot of it um because I didn't have it before and I had it now so it was just just amazing and I remember this was the start of my eating disorder and I personally believe this was the catalyst as well for the breakdown of this placement which was a real shame because I was happy in this placement but I look back now and I'm like but was I really I feel like I was mentally just struggling I was a typical teenager I was going through quite a lot of mental issues like the trauma that I was I faced when I was younger was starting to seep out now I was starting to understand it and it was quite difficult for me to come face to face with it again and I was seeing a counsellor but at the time I don't think I was ready for counselling but I was seeing a counsellor and it did help I guess for the time being but anyway that placement broke down and it was during my GCSE years so GCSE years a fairly important year in education guys really really important year actually but I really really wanted to get into A levels because I wanted to go to university. I remember seeing a statistic that only six percent of care leavers go to university, and I knew that I wanted to be in this six percent. So I had to pass my GCSEs, whatever the cost. So I use education basically as a savior, and you know, is the one thing that saved me in primary school because it got me away from abuse secondary school I loved just being in school just learning things it was just incredible so it was a saving grace for me and I passed my GCSEs somehow I'd literally moved like five or six placements within the space of three or four months which is quite a lot of placements in three or four months and I remember during this time I was going through my eating disorder so I was back and forth to the hospital it was a wild time to be alive and a lot of placement couldn't handle me and it's not because I'm a crazy person I've never been a crazy person or anything like that it's just the eating disorder was really really difficult for everybody to deal with because they were like eat the food and I was like I don't want to and it was just back and forth back and forth because I just I physically couldn't do it and they weren't trained to deal with this sort of medical issue I guess it was really really hard on me and on them because they didn't understand me and I didn't understand where they were coming from so I don't know how I managed but I passed my GCSEs and I got better from my eating disorder and I started running and I just became the person that I kind of always wanted to be it was a start so I passed my GCSEs and now it was time for A level time so I'd moved another school again so I moved for my A levels but I quite liked this school you know I it wasn't too bad it was in the country 
I made like a really, really nice group of friends. I was being a bit more independent. I was actually really happy with life. Like I look back at that time and I'm like, that was a good time. And it went downhill again. It went downhill because social services wanted me to move into supported lodgings, which is really really triggering because supported lodgings is basically when you're in somebody's house it's like a rent a room sort of vibe where you are living in somebody's house and they are meant to support you and I you can't see me right now but I'm doing that in like quotation marks because I had no support whatsoever like it was bad I just had to do everything by myself and you know I got moved out of a place that I was really really quite happy in to move somewhere where I wasn't happy and as a matter of fact it was literally less than a mile from where my abuser lived so I was back in this place with such awful memories and social services hadn't even thought about how that might affect me and um, on top of it all I was going through quite some intense family difficulties so my uncle died really quite drastically and it was all over the news and things like that and I was having to deal with that on top of moving on top of moving somewhere where my abuser was it was a lot to take on on top of my a-levels but again I somehow managed to get into university and this for me is where my life completely changed. I look back at my uni experience and I am literally the happiest person in the world. It was such a huge thing for me. So I was living in South Wales and I literally only moved up to Aberystwyth for university, but it was all on me. So I'd moved to Aberystwyth to study a joint honours in film and television and scenography and set design so that was amazing like I was doing something that I was really really passionate about and I can see myself doing in the future that was for one two nobody knew me there it was a complete fresh start like nobody had to know anything about my past if I didn't want them to know but the thing is I'm very open about it and I want to raise awareness so I don't mind chatting about it but nobody knew about any of that nobody had these preconceptions of me or anything like that because they didn't know I grew up in foster care and I think when you grow up in foster care there's the whole what people think of me and I actually remember and I'm not going to say who it was but I remember going up to university and somebody who I was very close with at the time said you don't have to tell anybody you grew up in foster care and I was like but why not never be able to understand these people who have preconceptions of children in foster care as if it's their fault the reason that children in foster care may struggle a bit or play up in school or whatever and I'm not saying all children do because I know that I didn't but some do and it's a preconception that people have is because they've got shit going on and school is their last priority like if children in foster care were given a chance I'm sure I am 100% sure that their grades would go up everything 
would go up they just need to be given a chance and i think all of this stereotype crap has all stemmed from tracy beaker so i'm not happy about that jacqueline wilson can go do one because she's ruined the lives of so many children in foster care and i don't rate that i think that's awful and I actually remember reading her books when I was younger and I was like, oh my God, these care leavers. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in care. Like, what the fuck? But it's not true. It's really, really triggering. It's somebody's life. And I'm telling you now that a majority of the time, it's not the child's fault why they're in foster care. It's just a situation that they've landed themselves into and they have to deal with it just like everybody else deals with life but what they're going through is a lot more difficult than what a lot of other children in their class are going through I can tell you that now but I'm going to not go on that rant right this second and that will I'll save it for another podcast episode but I'm going to go back to university so I gone to university it was literally a brand new start for me and I was really really happy during my university time and I had help from social services back and forth so I stayed in contact with my PA for well until I graduated basically so I messaged her once a month and she'd come and see me like twice a year or something and it was just a basically a way of social services saying we're here to help you through your education just in case anything happens but nothing bad happened I was really really independent at this point and I'd found myself in a relationship that I was really really happy in and I had good friends uni was going really well they didn't really have to stress about it but the fact that they were there in the background was such such a big relief for me and I've graduated now and I'm working as a researcher and you know I am I guess I am happy I'm I struggle a bit here and there with my mental health but you will do if you've gone through the trauma that I have and that's why I've made this podcast in the first place because there isn't enough people are talking about the mental issues that children in foster care are left with once they've left the care system. It's as if you turn 18 one day and if you don't go to education or university or what have you that's it that's it done and it's awful because you've gone through all of this pain and trauma and people just poking their heads in your lives for them just to one day say right we're done now and that can be really really difficult so this episode is to raise awareness of care experienced young people and children because I feel so so passionately that we need to change the system somehow for it to be a comfortable space for children to come forward if they're going through any sort of abuse and neglect or anything like that and I really do feel like every single child in foster care no matter what the age needs to have counselling from the moment they go into the care system. There needs to be somebody there outside of your social worker, outside of your home, somebody a little bit separate who you can just chat to. Because having that person 
there might help a lot of children in foster care deal with their emotions, deal with the issues of reject and neglect and everything like that and it might just be the turning point and I'm going to leave that podcast here and I want to say thank you so much for listening this has been quite a difficult episode for me to actually record and I've actually recorded this episode about three or four times because it's really really hard sometimes to speak about it but I know that without speaking about it I'm not going to make a change and I really am passionate to make a change so thank you for listening and I'll catch you in the next one